Hello and welcome to Book of Leaves podcast. My name is Cara and I am your host. listening in to episode 26 of Book of Leaves. If this is your first episode, you are very welcome. My name's Cara. I am the host of the show, clearly. And every episode I, or most episodes anyway, I interview someone who's doing something good for the planet in some way. They could be a business owner, an activist, or average Joe like myself, just doing their bit for the planet. And sometimes we get to know them and learn from them, their inspiring story. And sometimes we delve straight into education and facts and all that kind of stuff so it's got a little bit of everything um for any regular listeners thank you so much you're very welcome back I hope you're all keeping well considering Sherlock will just will go on will we we'll hopefully this episode will be like a little bit of a distraction or something just to inspire you and I just love finding out about people who are doing something good for the planet they make me really happy and Fiona is definitely one of those people. Fiona herself is from Scaries in Dublin and she is now living in Donegal with her son Max and we'll talk about her journey. Before we get into that though for anyone watching on YouTube you will see of course that I'm actually in a Fiona Lily jumper at the moment when I discovered her brand a couple of weeks ago I ordered one of these because I don't have that many jumpers. I have one jumper and in lockdown, all I've been wearing are tracksuits and jumpers. So (laughs) I've just been going around in this one jumper. So now I've got one to wash and one to wear and I'll rotate between them and I'm loving it. It's so soft and bright and they're really, really cozy. So I definitely recommend to keep an eye out on her, on her stock. Like they're, they're gorgeous and they've got lovely, lovely positive messages on them as well. Make sure you go follow her Instagram after this to keep an eye out for stock. And for anyone that, for anyone that's in, really interested in fast fashion, this episode, we don't delve too much into facts and figures. It's more so Fiona's story. But if you are interested in that go check out episode two after this with Avery McCann we talk a good bit about fast fashion and that and there will also be another episode coming up soon with my cousin Ronan who runs Thriftify who just added basically charity shop fashion segments to their website they're selling items from charity shops online in Ireland so you we don't need to wait for charity shops to reopen to go shopping in charity shops for secondhand stuff you can buy them now on Thriftify so I'm going to have him on in a couple of weeks to talk talk about fashion and microplastics as well. I'm looking forward to that. And if you would like to support this podcast, please do recommend it to a friend, share it around, rate it and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on that, that is very, very helpful. It helps kind of bump it up for other people to see it. And I also have a Patreon account as well. If you can financially support this podcast in any way, that would be greatly appreciated. I know these times are crazy for a lot of people. So it's only if you, if you can, it would be greatly appreciated, one or two euro. And you can also make a once off donation of a coffee or two on buymeacoffee.com forward slash book of leaves. Everything is linked in the show notes. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you now to Fiona. We're going to hear her story. Don't forget to stick around after for some show notes. Talk to you after. Now, 
you. Fiona, thank you so much for taking some time from your busy schedule on this lovely Friday to come and talk to me on Book of Leaves about sustainable fashion and all things Fiona Lily. Yeah, you're welcome. I've like been so excited to do this for weeks now and I'm so glad that we finally got a day. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everyone is at home. Sometimes you're really busy, sometimes you're not, but it can still be so hard to pin down a time when we're both not busy at the same time so I appreciate you being here and I'm looking forward to finding out um all about you and all about the business and learning as well uh, more about sustainable fashion and whatnot so I guess to jump straight in you have two eco-conscious businesses but obviously for most people there's always a point where they become more eco-aware it might be something that inspired them it might be giving birth or it might always kind have been in their lives so what was your inspiration for just being a more kind of sustainable person and wanting to live a life more in harmony with the planet yeah it's um it's a really good question so I suppose for me it actually comes from my own upbringing so it was instilled in me for quite a while my father would have and like his family they come from a farming background so my father 20 plus years ago decided to leave Dublin corporate world and move back up and set up his own organic farm and I would have been possibly maybe 16 at that point um, and I knew nothing about it, like nothing at that point. He worked in aviation. It was a very different life. But as he sort of developed that business, he won awards for it. He grew it over the, the few years, him and my mother. I got really intrigued by it. And obviously when I was there, I was still in school in Dublin. But when I was there on weekends and stuff, I learned a lot unannounced to myself because I was in these polytunnels. I was learning how to grow food and why my father wanted to do that. He was explaining different things of, the carbon footprint of like a punnet of tomatoes that I had bought, for example, in Super Value or something that day when I arrived and they had come from wherever in the world, you know, and he's like, we can literally grow them here. So they changed their whole way of life and that was their plan. They wanted to move to Donegal to live off the planet, grow and eat seasonally as to only what they could grow within these tunnels. So he built it up. Don't get me wrong. It took a few years. You know, it takes up to five years for the land to become certified organic and all this kind of thing. So it was definitely a long process, but it really opened my eyes for that side of the environment from talking to my dad and from learning different things that he had learned um, through going to um, like the organic center training courses that he put himself on to kind of educate himself more. And that sort of then I think stuck in my head. I was going back, don't forget to the city to like really fast paced environment from this very unusual new way that my parents were living and I could see the difference in my father after less than I'd say I don't know six to nine months because he left he was in a very high powered corporate job and he completely left that and went into creating this so it, it was very attractive to me but obviously I was still in school and had to do college and all of that and I suppose I got like my sort of background would be sort of very creative and I liked I always loved to draw same as my dad he would always be painting oil painting was his thing charcoal and graphic -y stuff was mine and um, yeah we were chatting one day and you know I was trying to figure out what exactly where am I going to go you know when you're at that point like a lot of people now even like a leaving search and stuff like that where you're trying to like figure out what what do I want to do in the world and I remember sitting with my dad and saying that like you know what you've done here is incredible like I you've opened my eyes to it and I need to somehow keep that throughout my life and um, you know I need to figure that in what I love to do do you know what I mean not follow exactly and copy what he's doing but yeah so 
when I sort of, as I grew older and older, like, I mean, I studied through arts. I did psychology, sociology, and geography. Nothing to do with fashion. <laughs> but that's where my brain was at the time. And I wanted to learn a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, and I was fascinated by it. But I also got a part-time job when I was in college. And that was in Benetton. And that was starting into the fashion world and learning about it. I worked there for years and I trained as a visual merchandiser and then got kind of picked by another company called oasis and i became their head visual merchandiser for years and i got really involved in that side of it and as i was in it i remember talking to my dad and he was saying you know do you remember that conversation we had years ago where you wanted to keep the you know i was coming home and i was like i was traveling as well like i was flying i was traveling i was you know kind of and i loved it like no children i was like independent I had a good job and I was really good at it. And I remember him saying that to me and that stuck in my head. And I drove the whole way back from Donegal to Dublin and I couldn't get it out of my head. And I started researching. This is years ago now. Like I know fast mm. fashion is a thing now and it's been really talked about. And I started looking into it and it literally broke my heart. I was like, oh my God, I'm in like an industry that is like literally detrimental for the planet. Yeah. Like the result facts and stuff that I was getting so I was like oh wow and within six months I handed my notice in I left the job like really well paid job walked away from it and started working literally in vintage I got a job in Nine Crows in Dublin and and started to and I was literally just on the shop floor there and I worked my way up to manager and uh, yeah that's where I started to learn then like how that company and what they were doing with sourcing stuff that already existed reworking repurposing all of that sort of stuff came into it so it was fascinating and then it really really intrigued me to kind of work with stuff that we already have and stop creating new all the time that we don't need so I suppose that's kind of very I don't know long-winded but how yeah it kind of no got yeah that's the journey that you took that's really I love that it was a parent you know that inspired everyone's story is different and my mom was a huge influence on me so I love that you know because a lot of people have maybe uh, stereotype, I think stereotypically about the older generation that it's their fault that we're in this mess. So they're not all the same. Everyone is different. So that's really lovely yeah. to hear. What was I going to ask? Oh, yes. Yeah. So I guess moving on then, you were working as a manager in Nine Crows. You're, you're all about kind of fashion and everything now, but you're also aware of the waste in the fashion industry and all things Fiona Lilly. The amazing thing for anyone who doesn't know about them is you're, you're taking basically waste from the fashion industry you're taking perfectly good clothes that are due for landfill and you're basically intercepting that you're taking yeah. them you're adding your gorgeous positive messages and then you go on and sell them so do you know roughly like how much clothes go to landfill before they even get to someone's wardrobe it's probably it's probably a crazy amount is it yeah it's uh, 350,000 tons <gasps> that's a before year the, of just of of clothes that haven't gone into anyone's wardrobe is that just in ireland or no that is that's actually a uk figure in okay. ireland is slightly less but i don't have the exact figure in ireland it is more based on what i can find it's based on uk figures yeah so that's wow so that's like just perfect clothes going to landfill that's such a it's such a pity but we also need to kind of hear that kind of stuff to inspire us and spur us on to keep on doing what we're doing, I guess. So how did you find um, these warehouses? Was it through 
kind of connections that you had from working in the fashion industry? Yeah, exactly. So um, I had originally years ago when I was in Nine Crows, I had actually set up a, a brand similar to this, but it wasn't as eco-conscious maybe. Um, it was some more organic t-shirts and screen printing and stuff. And through that, I had in that time frame when I was working there, I had met a lot of different people that had worked throughout different various parts of the, the fashion industry. So yeah, I had made a lot of connections. I also, when I started researching this brand, like only what, nine months ago or something, I just kind of reached out. I took a chance. It was a friend of mine that had and worked in a warehouse here in Ireland that supplied all of this type. So you've Guild and Fruit of the Loom, you know, a variety of different yeah. um, clothing and stuff that a lot of people will use for clothing brands or for uniforms for work or whatever so I had reached out to her and asked her we'd had a relationship like a good relationship work relationship and sort of like friendship relationship over the years and asked her like about this industry a little bit more like what I didn't know you know and I wanted to kind of visit it and and kind of learn myself and see it with my own eyes so I did that and the day I was there there was um like they were perfectly fine. This is the one I'm wearing or the one you're wearing? The one you're wearing. I'm wearing a Be Kind for anyone at home who can't see this. For anyone not watching on YouTube, it's like a really bright, like yellowy color with a pink Be Kind message on it. Um, and it's huge and comfy and cozy. But there seems, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, do you know what I mean? So I don't, I don't know why it would be going to landfill. Exactly. So when I was in there, like there was literally a box of that particular color. And funny enough, that color anyway within that um, range is not very popular where I love it. But anyway, the day I was there, I think they were XL or double XL. I can't remember what size they were off the top of my head. But there was like 20 of them in a box and they were completely like the stitches, whatever had happened on them, the whole stitch kind of had run from here across the shoulder. So I guess with this situation, like they are making these jumpers consistently all the time. So when something like that happens, I think it's just easier to run the 30 again than have the time fix to fix them. Yeah, I think that's kind of what's happening. So when I was there, I like, I put it on me. Like I'm a tiny size six. I put it on me and rolled up the sleeves and I was like, oh my God, like literally all it needs is like to be repaired like to you know and um, so that day I said it and I do pay for them that's one of the questions that I get a lot because I'm taking stuff that would you know obviously either be false or go to the bin like what, do I pay for them of course I do I don't pay maybe this the price that maybe you would normally pay for the full if you're buying them regularly or however you put, want to put it but I still pay for them so I did take them that day and that is sort of how this came around you know it all sort of came around funny enough organically if you like 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 that happening and me having these gold giant crew necks going like what am I going to do with them <laughs> you know they, they first of all need to be repaired and then they were so bright I couldn't believe I was looking at them and the yellowy gold that you've on you was literally making me smile even though it was ripped I was like you know the color of this and if I put it with a really bright fuchsia and stick something super positive on it this could really change the whole thing. And that's where I was trying to go with it. I wanted to make something, not just the fact that we're saving these from going, God love them, to the bin, but also add another element of, for I suppose, mental health, a positive outlook, and print them with quotes and stuff that I thought quite appropriate in those big bright bold colors yeah it kind of went from there and I stuck with that warehouse and I just got her to kind of email me whenever there was like either an order that had gone wrong or was unwanted or faulty stock or you know end line gear that wasn't selling whatever it was and she just emailed me and let me know saying I have 10 of these or 20 of these you know this is the color 
Now, the only thing is a lot of the, as you can see, like they are quite big, but in a sense, I just kind of thought, you know what, make it easier instead of having and trying to source small, medium, large, extra large brunettes, just pick one size that can cover a variety of people. And that was sort of my idea then from there. That's I don't amazing. have a lot, you know, can I get a smaller, medium? Um, but there is no size range. I don't have a say. And a lot of the time I don't have a say in, you know, they kind of know, I work with three different places now. So they kind of know my color palette. But like last week, uh, one of the girls emailed me and they had loads of those mint colored ones that I hadn't even thought about. And they're bloody gorgeous. I was like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> Amazing. So I guess they're going to landfill either because there's something wrong with them or they're just not selling. And you then take them. How do you get them repaired? Do you do that yourself or do you send them to somewhere else if they need repair? And At the beginning, I was doing it myself. Now they go to like a, actually a local, what do you call them? Alteration Seamstress store. Seamstress or, yeah, yeah. Now because of the volume that I have saved, which is another thing I should actually total at this point and, and have that. I thought about this last night. I should total the amount that we've all, like you, all of us have now saved from going to landfill. That Definitely. I, you know, probably during quarantine, I probably could amend a few of them myself, but um, no, I've kind of kept it going now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. To, it's good to support the local businesses as well. So, is there ever a worry that you might run out of stock that these places might not have anything going to landfill, and you just have to kind of look elsewhere? Yeah, totally. And um, and that has happened even now, and that is why a lot of the time, like weirdly, I think it has kind of helped the brand because it is slow fashion. I can only get a limited run of certain things, like those the kids run that I did was literally a once off and if I could get more I would but I'm not going to break my ethos of my brand because I've been asked so many times for kids ones but I'm not going to go buying generic stock like that's just you know I can't and I expressed that on my stories there last week because I've been inundated with that you know I have to really stick to what I have built and why I've done it you know mm. uh, and even like the the this one that I'm wearing is currently sold out for the last three weeks because I just can't get the color you know it's just not happening so but it has created demand these people now that are messaging me are like I'll wait you know just just let me know please put it on your stories when it's back in stock and so I don't know in a weird way you know these are probably gonna be one-offs eventually that you know that one you're wearing will probably run out and I won't be able to do it for quite a while yeah but that's like it's good to stay authentic to the sustainability message like that's that's what we want so it's the whole premise of clothes everything that we want on demand is kind of what is getting us here today sometimes we need to wait for good things to come and speaking of good things to come is a positive message and your jumpers are all they all have really positive messages on them do you design those or where do you get like the visuals for them yeah i do them on like um procreate on my ipad i have like a really fancy apple pen that's ridiculous expensive but um, it works and yeah I kind of doodle doodle I like to doodle I've kind of always done that since I was really really young so yeah the original one the one that you're wearing like the be kind that literally came from like a point in my life where somebody very close to me a friend for life at this stage just did something way out of her you know she didn't have to do for me in the time of my life and a lot of these I like, come from you know a point because I suffered quite badly with mental health and anxiety and stuff like that over different things that have happened to me in my personal life. And when I was doing 
and researching all of this, that first jumper, that be kind, literally came from her and myself and what had happened. So, and it was just something that I kind of doodled and I had a doodle, I still have the original that I just doodled on like a page one night in bed. And I was like, you know what, that would look amazing on that jumper and that's where I'm going to go with it. And then I kind of ran from there and I just stuck to positive quotes that people can take and interpret whatever way they want. Like, you know, it could be behind your mental health whereas where I was going with it or be kind to another human be kind to the planet be kind to animals you know it, it's got so many kind of meanings and stuff so I kind of liked that about it so yeah I kind of ran with that and especially right now I like um that time of creating like when Max is in bed or something like that and it, it makes me relaxed it kind of makes my head switch off from even before the pandemic that we're in like it's just a nice switch off to do yeah. you know like likes to meditate I like to doodle <laughs> yeah no and they're and they're gorgeous doodles and they're all quite different as well like you're in a be yeah. positive jumper the be kind is different there's also a uh, dance mode on you know there's really lovely messages on them and they're all real positive and bright uh so I guess all things Fiona Lily people can follow you I'm going to link all the links to your page and everything and you've got a website that people can order and pre-order from and if they follow you on Instagram they'll be kept up to date with your orders yeah. and everything um but you also like fashion isn't the only thing you did you also this year went back to Donegal or not went back to Donegal you're already there but you went and you set up a little cafe a zero waste cafe so can you tell us a little bit about that I know obviously during the pandemic it's probably not doing uh so well like every other cafe but tell us a little bit about your Simply Green journey yeah that was my original plan so me leaving Dublin city and job and life I suppose down there back in 2015 and um, to move myself and my son Max up here I you know leaving like it's very daunting I'm just trying to think back to that period of time sorry in my life and like leaving like a job where you've a guaranteed wage to do something and move three hours away where you've never really lived before and um, granted your family are there but and to, and to be go on that self-employed road <laughs> It's, um, it's very daunting. Um, so I needed to have something that, you know, obviously I was coming from a fashion background, but moving to Donegal, that, that didn't really, not, nothing against that, but it didn't really exist. It's not like I could go into a job um, up there. And I knew I was going to have to do something myself. And myself and my dad had spoke about having the fact, the advantage of having Whitehill Eco Farm, which is the farm that he had set up year, many years before which served many coffee shops and places across the Northwest. So, you know, I had that and I need to utilize that. And my interest in the environment had grown dramatically back then. And I was literally researching everything from food to fashion to like plastic pollution, everything. And I got an opportunity when I was up one weekend to look at a premises because myself and my auntie had spoke about, you know, this idea. And we had spoke about it for about two years, but it was now beginning to, I think I felt like I kind of had manifest invested it and this little premises came available and I fell in love with it I could see it in my head I could see the murals on the wall I was like okay now it didn't look like anything <laughs> maybe to anyone else but to me I was like yeah it had the old traditional front on it I was like okay I'm sold so I kind of took the bull by the horns and I decided to go for it with the backup of having the farm that I knew I'd have supply for it and um, coffee shops in general have a massive carbon footprint from the single use um, items to food waste in this country. Um, we wouldn't be, I have to be honest, very, very 
good in that industry, especially even for the example of compost at every restaurant or cafe. It doesn't exist in this country, which is so sad. So I started there, like I had the farm and I knew that I could obviously compost everything at the farm, but I wanted to push it a bit further and, and get a company in Ireland that would give me compostable bins also because I couldn't take everything to the farm. Um, and that, that wasn't an easy step. That took maybe six or eight weeks to get that as a business. So that'll give you an example of just, you know, one certain thing. And then coming up to opening like food and all of the, the um, sort of rules and regulations of this country around food with the health inspector. Um, I had to obviously really push with that area too, because I had a commercial kitchen where I was using beeswax wraps instead of cling film. I had you know, I was definitely, um, it was different. You know, I was using, yeah. had no single use. I had no napkins, these paper napkins. Okay, granted they're compostable, but I didn't have them. I had proper linen napkins and I had 90 of them and they were going to a laundrette every week. Things like that. Yeah, it wasn't, a lot of people ask me because my coffee shop at States in front of it, it's zero waste. Like how can you be zero waste? And what that means in that industry is that I don't send anything to landfill. I compost the food. I don't have any single-use items. Um, I have other um, sources. So I work with like Tetra Pak. So like all the like plant milk cartons go to that company. They get made into backpacks for kids. I have to have like a an alternative end of line instead of landfill. That's sort of the idea. So I obviously still have waste, but it goes to better places, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that's no, that's amazing. Now, I know it unfortunately had to close down because of the pandemic that we're in. I'm hoping it, like every other small business that's doing something good for the planet, will be able to open after this. But I guess the last thing I want to ask you is as a fellow person, but also you're an entrepreneur and a business person that is trying to do something good for the planet that we also need as well, how can the people of Ireland help to make sure that businesses like yours can survive this pandemic? Is there anything that you would say to people out there? If you've got a call to action, what would it be? Oh, wow. To keep, yeah. I suppose it's to, I, I do feel that the little businesses and not just fully environmentally, like those little businesses that give tiny little towns and through, even throughout Dublin city and, and cities across Ireland and the globe, I feel like they've been hit the most, you know, and I feel like it's super challenging right now. I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm dealing with my accountant on a weekly basis, having my coffee shop closed week after week, you know, and my staff off and everything. Um, so I guess what I would say to nearly anybody out there is to remember to shop local and those small businesses, you know, and um, there's definitely, I see a lot of options coming up online. Like I've done it with my place and my customers have been amazing where they're buying gift vouchers, like on like maybe a bi-weekly basis to use for when we open the door again. Um, and that's just keeping something coming in. And it's, it's the money you would have spent, you know, if you could have went for lunch today in Simply Green. Um, and that's been really, really supportive. And I've seen that across the board. So if, your listeners um, or watchers aren't aware of that and have their local small business that they love, be it a shop, a coffee shop, whatever it is, I would reach out and even ask if it's not a facility that they've talked about themselves to maybe contact them and say, look, I'd like to buy a voucher off you guys for when you open just to, to kind of support you right now. I think 
you know, as much as we can, it's just about focusing on those small local businesses. I don't know, even the ones now that have like, um, I think there's a few maybe that have opened that are doing like social distancing and following the rules, but have like a click and collect. I'm a friend of mine that has done that. I mean, me, myself and herself have had conversations over this and she wanted to do it in one sense, like she, for her customers, because they were crying out to her. But in another sense, she wants to make sure that like she's keeping her staff and herself and her customers safe. Um, but to be really honest, like us small businesses, we like we do have massive overheads um, and hers were just, you know, it could have led to her not reopening. So she has done something like that. So if you have your favorite little place, maybe go and support them with their click and collect as well. And um, just to keep, I don't know, keep things going. It's a very different world. I don't know how um, it's going to be after all of this, but um, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, we, we will see indeed. Deed. and we I think as people and the consumer often forgets how much power that they have like for versus a fast fashion company or a small independent yep. business like that if everyone made one switch it would make a huge huge difference so thank you so much Fiona for this interview I really appreciate it thank you I've really enjoyed talking to you I have to say and thank you so much for your support and everybody if you're listening to this like, honestly, this was a, a brand that was a dream of mine. And, you know, it was something that I wanted to create once I got my coffee shop up and running, which, you know, it was 10 months ago and, and it was really getting noticed. And obviously then um, the situation we're in now hit. So I've only recently been able to give this brand the time at the moment you know in the current situation and to be really honest I have been absolutely blown away by the support that the amount of people have given this brand I like and the messages that I get like some of them have made me cry like you know like people buying stuff for people on the front lines stay hopeful jumpers or for their daughter's wedding that's been cancelled like you wouldn't believe the messages that I get and I can't believe that something this small has created you know such a little positive network online at the moment um so yeah i just want to say thanks i'm like super grateful to see it and um it's nice it's a positive little shiny thing at the moment online <laughs> i hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with fiona and learned something from it or felt inspired in some way if you want to keep up to date with her stock check out her Instagram all things Fiona Lily everything is linked in the show notes she did a stock drop there last Monday and everything sold out it was absolutely amazing my jumper as well just for um anyone who is interested in what they're made of obviously she has no say she's just like getting things that are about to go to landfill the jumper that I got is 50% cotton and 50% um, polyester polymede some kind of plastic anyway so like with most clothes if you're getting them in a chart shop or you're getting them vintage or you're wearing hand-me-downs or you're buying t-shirts made of recycled plastic or you're buying stock that's going to be sent to landfill those are all sustainable but if there's plastic in the fibers we still need to be cautious that every time you wash them there's basically loads of microplastics just being washed into the into the sea because filters in, in washing machines only hold keys like stop keys and hair clips and coins going through them 
they're not actually doing anything for the tiny little microfibers that are being found in our oceans, in our fish and in humans at the moment. So to there's some steps, we're going to do another episode on this, but just quick few steps to help with microplastics. Every time you put a wash on, wash 40 degrees or less because the higher the heat, the more fibers break away and your clothes will actually last longer as well. And there's also things that you can get like a guppy friend bag or a Cora ball and I'll link those in the show notes as well and those reduce the amount of fibres that are released into the waters. Guppy bag, you put the any clothes with polyester into the bag and then you stick in the washing machine. It's free postage to Europe as well and they're 28 euro I think and then you just take off the microfibers that collect and they work really really well I have one myself and then there's a coral ball that is basically designed and works like a piece of coral in the sea because they collect tiny little organisms I guess is the word in the ocean and that's where that design comes from and they stop a fair chunk of microplastics from entering the water so those are little things to help that we need to use anyway because even when we're buying sustainable supporting these brands or buying secondhand we can still end up with polyester clothes so it is just important just wanted to highlight that and throw that in there and another thing as well um this if you're listening way in the future this won't apply to you but at the moment as it stands on the 11th of may um fiona is actually holding a giveaway on her instagram to raise money for pieta house because obviously darkness into light is something that pieta house in ireland do every year to raise money for their charity and to raise awareness about suicide and mental health and they can't do that now so Fiona is actually running a little giveaway where you can win three t-shirts and three crewnecks and three big jumpers on her page and all you need to do is make a donation to Pieta House through her Instagram and then you'll be entered into a draw so that is a lovely little thing and I just wanted to plug that very quickly for her that is it if you have any questions or anything just feel free to get in touch I'm on Instagram at book of Lee's podcast I have a website book of Lee's podcast.com I'm on Facebook I'm on Twitter as well and of course Patreon too so thank you so so much for listening and in two weeks time we'll have another episode out so I'm going back to every second Monday and yeah don't forget to give us a follow and rate the podcast review the podcast subscribe to the podcast and go follow Fiona as well and stay safe mind yourselves wash your hands and sending you a lot of love I'll talk to you soon bye